Hello and welcome to Anchor of My Soul podcast. My name is Joshua Morgan and I'm just going to jump right into the word today. Um, Today I want to talk about peace, where it comes from, how can we experience peace, how can we live the victorious Christian life that is marked by a life of peace in the midst of anything going on around us. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. From that scripture we can see, number one, focus on the Lord results in peace. This is a promise. This is a law that God has set into place, that if we will keep our mind stayed on the Lord he will keep us in perfect peace it's not a question mark it's not a yes but you have to do this this and this it's us keeping our mind stayed on him because when we keep our mind stayed on him we're trusting in him focus is the proof of trust what we focus on we're magnifying, we're believing to be something of importance. We're believing f- for whatever we focus on to have a, a weight in our lives. It's going to affect us in some way. It's going to be something of importance. So when we focus on problems, we're trusting that those problems are going to affect us in a certain way. But when we switch that focus, when we put that focus onto the Lord, this is where we can find this perfect peace. So this is the first key. Also, we're in control of what we focus on. There's never a time where we cannot control what we focus on. Believe it or not, even if something you know, massively important is happening in your life, Um, We have a choice on what we focus on. Now, sometimes our focus naturally will go towards something that is either of God or not of God, depending on what it is. But we have a choice on what we choose to focus on. Next, in Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, the word says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace that God gives is not like the peace of the world. Everyone in the world is after peace. This is why you see so many seminars, you see so many TED Talks, you see so many um, YouTube videos, people talking about how to have peace. Um, Every religion in the world is trying to get some form of peace. But the peace that comes from God is, is different. It's different in that once you're enveloped in God's peace, it passes understanding. 
Meaning, it's so good, you just, you can't really comprehend it. That piece, I've experienced that piece several times. Um, the piece that passes understanding in ways where I, I would be, I would be peaceful with the Lord. Maybe I spent time with the Lord that day. And then later on in the day, I'm just, I'm just still, still feeling his peace. And what happened was something, something would occur that would normally bother me, that would normally make me frustrated. Like say it was, um, you could probably ask my wife, maybe it was, um, uh, someone on the highway, maybe we're driving from Colorado Springs up to Denver and somebody, uh, changes lanes without a signal, you know, almost runs you off the road, something like that, um, which is very common on that I-25 highway. But something that would knock you out of peace and I, I would stay in peace. I would just slow down, let them do their thing and just not, not freak out. <laughs> That, that's a peace that passes understanding. When, when, peace, when it's peace that causes you to something that used to bother you doesn't bother you, that's peace that passes understanding. And it goes so much further than that, but that's just one example. There is an exchange for this peace. As we can see in that scripture, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The exchange is we can't worry and hold on to our worries and be in perfect peace at the same time. So there must be an exchange. Either we're going to worry and hold on to things or we're going to trust God. And how do we trust God when we have worries? This scripture says, in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is, is asking. Prayer is uh, a form of prayer is asking. Supplication is asking with thanksgiving. So being thankful, that's a key. That is a huge key. So asking whatever our needs are, making sure that we're asking God in thankfulness, that we're saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what I have. The lack of thankfulness will produce a lack of peace. We can pray, we can spend time with God, and if we're not thankful, we will experience a lack of peace. The reason we experience the peace of God is because we trust in him and give him the things which are holding us. When we worry about things, we, we have this, this thought that, that we are holding a problem and that we are taking care of it. We are handling it. But you know, if it's not something that, that can be handled, if it's something that you cannot affect the outcome of it right now, or even if you can, but there's nothing to do right now, then thinking about it is just going to spiral itself up into worry and like a worry tornado where this thing is just holding us 
as opposed to us looking at this problem and handing it to God. So when we hand those things to God, they no longer hold us. We hand them to the one who holds all things. And that's the exchange rate. That's, that's where we come into the peace of God. Because we can't hold the worries and hold on to perfect peace. It's one or the other. Next couple of scriptures, there's Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. In Psalms 32.7, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah, which means think on these things. The Lord desires us to see him as our protection. He desires us to see him as our deliverer. This is all by his marvelous design. When we have needs, when we have hurts, um, if we're ever in fear, you're not actually broken. You just have your focus in, in the wrong place. And so the focus needs to be put on the right place. The Lord created us to need him. This is the purpose of him sending Jesus to die for us so that we could be in relationship with him. He wants us to see him as our strong tower, to see him as the one we run to. If something's not going right, if something's um, just off, the one we go to, as opposed to going to everyone in the world and talking about the situation, which sometimes it's, it's good to talk to people. We need people. We're relational people. But we should never exclude God, the one who can do something about everything. As long as we see him as our strong tower, as we see him as our hiding place, we're going to know where to go when we're in trouble, which is so, so important. Understanding the foundation that we have in the Lord, who we are, that we're children of the Lord, that we can go to Him in a storm. We can go to Him and, and, and really stay in that place of being with Him. You know, whether we're spending time with Him or, or, or we're at a job or we're, we're, we're with Him, understanding that He's not going to leave us because we go to work. He doesn't stay in, in our prayer closet because we go to work or school or whatever it is. So understanding who he is, that he wants to cover us. He wants to protect us. This is by design. You're not broken because you need God. This is his design. Isaiah 9, 6 is the next scripture. Chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now this is talking about Jesus. 
These are, these are all names for Jesus. And this was a foreshadowing. This was Isaiah. This was in the prophet. So it's foreshadowing Jesus being born. And it's showing all these wonderful names that he shall be called. Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want to focus on the Prince of Peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. There's no other God that is called the Prince of Peace. For Jesus to be called the Prince of Peace, peace is something that God has in store for his children. He wants his children to live in peace. That is just a wonderful thing to think on, that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. No one else is called the Prince of Peace. He is our peace. He took everything upon himself in the process of going to the cross and dying on the cross. He took everything that could take us out of peace. So now we can rightfully, as his children, hand things to the Lord, hand things to the Father in Jesus' name because Jesus took all of these things. Galatians 5, chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. The way we actually experience peace is by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who dwells in us and seals our spirits when we are saved. He's also the one Jesus sent. When Jesus said, it is good that I go to the Father so that I can send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one on the earth with us. Jesus is at the right hand of God in heaven. So the Holy Spirit is how we actually experience peace. The Holy Spirit is the one who manifests the fruit of the Spirit in our souls. He's one with our spirits. So our spirit is mingled with His Spirit. And as we spend time, as we grow in the Lord, as we, as we give our focus to the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit begins to overflow into our souls. This is where a lot of believers are, are stuck. Their spirit is saved, but their soul is, is unrenewed. Their mind is unrenewed. And their souls are experiencing a lot of the same things they did before they even got saved. And the problem isn't that they're not saved. The problem is the focus. The problem is Jesus hasn't been manifested, overflowing from the Spirit into the soul. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 8 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. 
If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. The fruit of the Spirit is not ours. In other words, it does not come from us. It is the Lord's. He is the vine. We are the branches. Just as a branch on a tree bears fruit when it's connected to a tree, we bear fruit when we are connected to Jesus. But unlike a branch on a tree, we can decide to be connected or disconnected. If we disconnect, that's when the fruit will not flow or grow in our lives. That's when we lose peace. That's when we lose patience. We get frustrated. That's when we lose clarity in our life. All the fruits of the Spirit will not flow because it's cut off because we're disconnected. A branch does not bear fruit of itself. You can't break a branch off of an orange tree and expect it to produce oranges. It needs to be connected to the tree. So with all these things in place, understanding that focus on the Lord results in peace. That the peace that God gives is not like the peace of the world. It passes understanding. God designed us to come to Him, to seek Him as our refuge, our hiding place, our strong tower. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The way we experience peace is by the Holy Spirit. And peace is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Understanding those things about peace How do we experience this peace? Simply put, time spent with the Lord. Relationship with Him. How does a husband and wife experience a blooming relationship? How do they grow together? How do they experience joy from one another? It's all through time. And we're built relationally, and God is a relational God. Which is why He created Adam and Eve. He wanted a family. Nothing has changed in that regard. God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could spend time with Him. It is so very important to make sure that as Christians we are taking time to spend with the Lord. If we don't, you'll make it to heaven, but your life on earth will not be what you want it to be. You will miss out on so much. I mean, there are times spent with the Lord where it's literally heaven on earth. It's wonderful. And this time spent with the Lord 
can really be broken down into three ways of, of connecting with Him. And of course, it, it is a, a living relationship. So these three ways, it's not like a set of rules. It's just there are three main ways that we have to connect with the Lord. One is the Word of God. Making sure that we give place in our life to the Word of God. Making sure that we put importance on the Word of God. Number two is prayer. Spending time with the Lord, letting Him know our requests, and then past that, the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Spending time just with the Lord, not asking for something, just spending time with Him. And prayer in this third key actually... For me, I see them um, mingled together a lot of times. The third key is worship. A lot of times prayer is made, it's sort of brought to life by playing worship in the background while you're doing it. Having music going to sort of help you focus onto the Lord. A lot of times I'll, I'll sort of seem to weave in and out through prayer and worship where I'm just spending time with the Lord and it's just it's just an intimate time which is how the Lord wants it he said when you pray go into your prayer closet he called it a closet it could be a room it could be wherever but he says shut the door in other words get alone there's importance in being alone with the one you love if a husband and wife are with other people all the time, they're never going to grow intimately. They're never going to get to where they know each other so closely. They're never going to get to that level of intimacy because other people are going to be around all the time. It's the same way with the Lord. When we go and spend time with the Lord alone, the Bible actually says that if we spend time with Him in secret, He will reward us openly. There are people that spend time with the Lord in secret and they are just blessed in ridiculous ways. And you wouldn't really know unless you talk to them to see what, what is it, what's different about them. But that spending time with the Lord in the private in the private time, in the morning, in the evening, whenever you can get time. And it doesn't have to be a certain amount of time. Just whatever you can give to the Lord is so, so very important. Again, those keys are the Word of God. Make sure that we're being fed, that we are learning how to feed ourselves, understanding how to begin to study the Bible, prayer, which is really just talking with the Lord, having intimate conversations with Him, and worship, just adoring Jesus, just worshiping Him for who He is, for what He's done in our lives, for what He's doing. 
if those three things are in place in our lives, we're going to experience wonderful levels of peace. We're not going to be tossed around. We're going to be on the solid rock that we have in Jesus. Well, that is it for today. I hope this blessed you. Thank you so much for listening.